February 10th, 1355, the St. Scholastica riot at Oxford University leaves 93 dead. So suck it, Animal House. Welcome to The Revisionist. I'm Brian Flynn. I'm Zach Powers. And our guest tonight is a Denver all-star comic. Uh, one of the co-hosts of Comedy Super Jam. Please welcome Miriam Moreno, everyone. <laughs> that was yeah, you audience. Can also, you can also just say something. <laughs> Hi, I'm Miriam. The Revisionist is, of course, recorded in front of a live studio audience. That's what I thought was going to happen. Yeah, uh, yeah exactly. <laughs> there's like, there's eight, we're in the Pepsi Center. There's the 18,000 people right now. Uh, yeah. Just waiting for us to speak. <laughs> <laughs> just in hushed silence. <laughs> yeah. Waiting because if you, they were told this was Jay Z. Yeah, if you don't hear them again, it's because they decided they weren't interested and walked out. <laughs> They're mainly all trying to leave early to beat the rush, actually. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the rush of seven people who came to this. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, listeners, if you're new to the show, what we do is each episode, we take a topic from history, and one person presents the official version of events, and another person pulls history out of their ass and makes it up. Uh, and the winner gets to become the truth. Um, previously, uh, previously on The Revisionist. <laughs> That's not how I usually say that. Uh, yeah, can we get, like, Anthony Stewart Head to come in and, <laughs> like, VO previously on The Revisionists? Previously on The Oh, God damn it. Uh, I, promised I, I promised I wouldn't do a British accent anymore. <laughs> Um, <laughs> who who did you make this promise to? You know, family. Uh, uh, we discussed. Yeah, it was during your niece's, your young niece's bedside, you know, fight against cancer when you were constantly doing the British accent. Yeah, that was her. They were like, Brian, we need to, we need to talk about the appropriate and inappropriate time. Oh, I got that. What do you mean? Chip chop, chip chip chop. Um, it also doesn't help that I have no idea what British people say. Chop, Jimmy, chop. Jim, what, what's going on? You just have to see Paddington. Yeah. And you'll get it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Big not that we had, not like we had a British person on the last episode. <laughs> oh, yeah. two things. One, we had a British person in the last episode, and I think the only thing he said all episode was chip, chop, chimmy, chop. <laughs> Which was also a product he was slinging. It was an infomercial. Um, But also, everybody listening, see Paddington on Netflix and Paddington 2 also because they're both really good. That's my plug. Paddington. That's your plug for Paddington. I second that plug. Make that my plug. (laughs) Everyone's in Paddington. How did everyone get roles in Paddington? I didn't. This was like... A couple days ago, everyone in Denver Comedy was in an Einstein's Bagel commercial. Yeah. And I'm just like, how? I miss this. That's like a commercial built for my body type. You know what? Bagels are too politicized anyway. You don't want to be a part of that. You don't want to be in a bagel commercial. A little too. Okay. You'll thank us when in 20 years when you're running for office and they won't have the footage. Exactly. This doesn't come back to haunt you. (laughs) Oh, God damn it. Um. One one thing I wanted to announce up front is uh, we are now on Stitcher uh, podcast service, which I thought we were to begin with, <laughs> uh, but it turns out, nope, 
somewhere like the reason I chose Squarespace is it did all that work for me and I didn't have to figure that shit out and I thought they took care of Stitcher too but for some time now it the show hasn't been on Stitcher uh, so if you're listening on another service or on the website and prefer Stitcher good news it's there and uh Maybe if you want to download Stitcher and leave us a review so we but, can get a nice base there now. Is this on SoundCloud? I do want to s- <laughs> not SoundCloud. But <laughs> I do want to say um, tape is. <laughs> yeah. we also love Squarespace as it's one of the only three companies that advertises on every podcast. <laughs> That's true. Love Squares. Love listening to Squarespace shows on my uh, Casper mattress. I was we could only mattress. love it more if they gave us money. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Eating my blue apron. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Squarespace, imagine how much better that plug would have been if you paid for it. Yeah. Um, you had money for a good plug. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this episode, we are talking about <clears throat> the Pankhurst family. Uh, Miriam, you're doing the actual history. Yes. And Zach, you're doing the alternate. Uh, I think so. Oh, no. Okay. Oh, no. <laughs> well, we'll find out. We'll find out. Uh, but Miriam, whenever you're ready, yeah. take it away. Uh, so I looked it up uh, from a link you sent me. <laughs> <laughs> the Pankhurst family. Uh, they sound pretty cool. Um, very punk. Uh, <laughs> they're from England. They basically, um, they're famous for getting or working towards getting the women the right to vote in England. Mm-hmm. Um, I have heard... That punk is derived from the word pink, as in pankhurst. That's what I was thinking. I don't know for sure, though. Um, yep. And of course, panko breadcrumbs. Yeah. And the game Plinko on Price is Right. Is that right? Yeah. No. <laughs> punk, punks love Plinko, as everybody knows. As everyone oh, knows. That sounds like a shirt a punk would wear, though. Yeah, Sid Vicious loved Plinko. <laughs> Plinko was what he called heroin. We've been in Sex Pistols. This is in a mission. There is Plinko in the lobby. (laughs) So I think the British rule should just apply (laughs) for everyone. (laughs) I think that's a good idea. (laughs) Guys, family meeting. Family Family meeting. meeting. Yeah. Um, Okay, so they were most famous for forming the Women's Social and Political Union, or WUSPA. (laughs) <laughs> in 1903 um it started with em- emmeline pankhurst and her daughters um christabel sylvia and uh the third daughter adela That's i can never remember her name adela either. yeah she's uh her mom didn't care about her either yeah, so she, that's fair. she's a real zeppo of the group yeah. She's that third Bronte sister she nobody is fucking the remembers. Third Bronte. <laughs> um, so Emmeline, like I said, she came from a punk family. They had a background in rebellion. Like her mom would take her to suffragette <laughs> meetings. <laughs> what they I, did? I, that's I that. <laughs> just like uh, I. I studied, I studied rebellion. Yeah, that's minor my minor. <laughs> Majored in communications, <laughs> as everyone does. <laughs> Um, her mom would take her to suffragette meetings in like the late 1800s. And then when she was 20, Emmeline married a barrister, which I don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> it's some kind of lawyer. Okay. Uh, one, there's like, there's solicitors and barristers. One's a defense <clears throat> attorney. One's like a prosecutor, I think. Um, mm. Some, something like that. Well, from it's what I barista. know, <laughs> a barista, a barista. Yeah, 
Emily and married a barista. If I if I'm using my uh, history of um, Bridget Jones's diary correctly, a barrister. <laughs> she like got with a barrister, and he was like uh, a civil rights lawyer. So maybe it is a, is just a lawyer, like a good person lawyer. Yeah, it was someone like licensed as an advocate. I guess as it's much a it's a Colin it. Firth. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> so basically, he was very outspoken um, for women's suffrage, educational reform, and freedom of speech. They had five kids um, together, and two of the boys died, and then they had a sixth kid, and they named that kid after one of their dead sons, <laughs> which I thought was super. Seen before on this show, what? Yeah. <laughs> That's super well... weird. One of the kids, the first son who died was named Francis Henry. Yeah. And the second kid was named Henry Francis. Henry Francis. <laughs> yeah. It's like a real identity crisis. Yeah, they they toured the country as crisscross. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um and then And they I think they were all from Manchester, which I guess at the time was a hotbed of like liberal progressive ideas, but now not it's now, full no. of chavs. Not so now. So don't they now just it, care about Manchester? Soccer or something? Yeah, yeah. soccer and... Hooliganism. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then during that time, Emmeline formed the Women's Franchise League, which focused on equal rights for women in, um, like, divorce and inheritance, mm-hmm. which is, like, the most privileged thing I've ever <laughs> heard. <laughs> like... I want my equal rights and inheritance. Like who, whatever (laughs) that disbanded very quickly. (laughs) Um, And then her husband died and she became more involved in, and direct. Man, she really wish she nailed that. Yeah. She didn't get anywhere with that. Oh God. I'm sorry. Um, I've already started poisoning him. I got to figure this out quick. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll just disband the group. (laughs) No, I work best under pressure. I find (laughs) it didn't work out. Um, (laughs) She became more involved in directing the suffrage movement, and the slogan of the WSPU was "Deeds, not words." Super intimidating. <laughs> um, and then, with the help of her three daughters, um, they just became more practiced in like becoming unruly and disobedient, getting arrested. Um, her daughter Christabel. She was super pissed off, especially because she got a law degree and wasn't able to practice law because she was a woman. <laughs> but they let her get a degree, so which is crazy. Which is almost worse. It's yeah. In a way. Yeah. And then using her law degree, uh, she fought the law with her law degree. Yeah, I mean that Yeah. That's fair. I mean, if you do that to people, that's probably how they're gonna use that. They're probably yeah, gonna use their resources. Um, and then let me see. Oh, one of the things they used to do is like, it was, uh, pre-war world war one times and they started like bombing places and like ruining art, uh, like famous art and stuff, which is like, if you do that now once, if you bomb somewhere once your ass is in Guantanamo, <laughs> like, <laughs> you don't get to like go to jail for two days. Yeah. <laughs> That's fucking, that blew my mind. <laughs> Right little bombing you got there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, 
And what was the old? What was wrong with the old days where there was no harm in a, a cheeky bombing or arson? <laughs> a cheeky, every once cheeky in a while. bombing is a great punk band name. That is that is good. I'm gonna steal that. I'm gonna use that for something. I don't know what, but I'm gonna use it for something. Um, I think in their mind, the more radical their movement, the better results they would get. Um, but then when I was reading it, I was like, "What is what is your goal?" It looked a little all over the place and kind of annoying. Uh, <laughs> um, but I guess mainly it was uh, for women to get the vote. I think that's her focus. Like, I but I think that was after doing all this shit. She was like, "No, that's all we want is the vote," because that was like one focus. But really, she was all over the place. And at the time, this was also. <clears throat> Like women who own property, yes. or like women whose whose husbands own property. Yeah, not all women. all women. Yeah, yeah. That's what the hashtag other thing. Not I, all women. Hashtag. Sorry. Just not all women. <laughs> um, I think they saw if the women get the vote, they'll have legislative power and can dismantle from the inside, mm-hmm. which is super cool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then when World War One started, they uh, they. Uh, Oh, like Emmeline started becoming. Is that her real? Is that? Yeah, Emmeline, something like yeah. that. Yeah. What a I tragedy. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you. <laughs> that name. Okay. <laughs> so she started becoming more involved in her country, you know, just being more patriotic. Um, and then she started thinking about. She started putting aside, you know, the bombings and uh, being super punk and defensive. So that she can help men think, at war. Um, and then she organized a march I, I, I with 30,000 30, women. Her, so I think her famous women. slogan was, yeah. the only thing worse than men is Germans. Oh, my God. <laughs> did you make that up? <laughs> I did not. Yes, maybe. You son of a I'm bitch. Doing... <laughs> really? That sounds made up. I, I don't... don't know. It was so perfectly crafted. <laughs> I don't think she was into puns. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if she had time for comedy while she was bombing. I mean, she had that, like, three hours in jail to just oh, say, yeah. like, Get Think about like I, five solid I do I appreciate you defining that as comedy though. <laughs> uh, you know that's a broad it's a broad spectrum of comedy. <laughs> Anything is comedy if you just say it is. <laughs> Honestly. Oh um, god, that's a trade secret. Don't. <laughs> it that's true though. It is true. Um Anyway, she organized a march of 30,000 women um, so employers would hire them while men were away at war. Mm-hmm. And um, let me see. Oh, her and her daughter, Christabel. Yeah, Christabel. I'm guessing it's her favorite daughter. Mm-hmm. They both went around and were part of the white feather movement, <laughs> which is basically you give a man a white feather when they're dressed in civilian clothes and shame them for not being at war. Like... <laughs> A white feather, of course, being the most shameful <laughs> yeah. thing a man can have. But that's like in 1908 or whatever. <laughs> it's like, hey, you pussy, you don't want to die for your country. <laughs> yeah, it's like, Here's a white feather. <laughs> it's like an early 20th century form of subtweeting. Yeah, definitely subtweeting. <laughs> I, I also feel like how it seems ineffective because if you give this guy this feather, is he going to like, he's going to shove it in his pocket and be like, all right, <laughs> bye. <laughs> Yeah, like, he's not... I mean, I'm assuming it's, like, not one person going up to one person. She's, like, 
rolling with a you know fifty women deep, <laughs> handing out white feathers. Not being I think what they needed. It. No, not being subtle about it. I think they needed to do like that. The the one Home Alone prank that didn't hurt them at all, where he just like tar blew and all the feathers it wasn't on tar, them. It was like what was it? Glue? Yeah, because it could yeah, be or tar, honey or something. Tar would kill you. Would murder you After to a death. Couple hours. <laughs> yeah. Um, something cool I found. Well, I thought it was cool. Uh, Christabel believed it's not cool. It's actually more interesting than cool. <laughs> Just uh, disclaimer. You're fuck this. Yeah. <laughs> Christabel believed STDs would be less transferable if there was equality between men and women, uh, which I really have to sit and read that book. Um, she wrote a book. It's called The Great Scourge and How to End It. It's basically a book about gonorrhea and syphilis is affecting immorals and hurting wives. It's like a whole book about not being a slut, basically. Oh, God. Oh, no. Which is... For me, it's offensive because ho is life, and that's <laughs> that's a motto I've lived by. <laughs> um, you so kind of get know. the sense that uh, Emily, Emmeline, and uh, Emmeline? Christabel were like sort of <laughs> we're just proto. They were white feminists, yeah. to be honest. Yeah, definitely. They're definitely like pussy hat feminists. That's what that yeah. is. <laughs> And I have a whole thing about that. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely pussy hatters. Um, Sylvia, moving on from the slut shaming. Sylvia is um, my favorite of Emmeline. Did you say Emmeline's? Emmeline, Emmeline. Emmeline's. M's daughters. <laughs> um, because she traveled around and saw that women were poverty struck and had other obstacles and um, not just the right to vote. And she was like, hold up, being poor and a woman sucks. So let me tell my mom. <laughs> and her mom was like, no, <laughs> not our issue. <laughs> so she started Elves, uh, <laughs> like a competing suffragette group. Um, aside not from loving name, not but... loving the name. I didn't either. Uh, they were called East London Federation of Suffragettes, which is like, I think they're throwing around the word like socialist, federation, um, conservative. I don't, I mean, that doesn't mean what it means now, which yeah. is very confusing to like track down a time when that meant that. It's, yeah. Yeah. When I do get the sense that uh, uh, Emmeline and Christabel, outside of like their striving for equal rights for mostly rich women were relatively conservative in their politics yeah. besides that. Definitely. Like they're very pro-war, whereas Sylvia was like a pacifist. Yeah, and Sylvia all was that a pacifist. Stuff. The difference between the two groups were um, men were allowed to join in Sylvia's um, because she believed there's human suffrage. <laughs> um, and she was also a pacifist, so no mm. violence. Um Something cool about her is she opened up clinics during the war to help women and babies. And then she campaigned for soldiers' wives to have decent allowance while their husbands were at war. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she later joined and was kicked out of the Communist Party. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Why was she kicked out? Um, because she wrote, she started writing a newspaper and they were like, oh, just hand it over. We'll write the newspaper. And she was like, no, it's my newspaper. And they were like, well, get out of here. <laughs> Do you not understand communism? Yeah. Not- <laughs> it's our newspaper. <laughs> Basically, she didn't understand communism. 
Um, but she seemed like she was always fighting injustices for, you know, maybe marginalized people. Um, like she was against the invasion of Italy into Ethiopia. And then later she moved to Ethiopia because they were like, oh, my God, we love you. Thanks for, you know, f- being against Thanks the invasion. Yeah, yeah. Will you come invade <laughs> Ethiopia? <and live> here? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, yeah, she ended up living there the rest of her life. Um, I, I read that she was an honorary Ethiopian yeah. at her funeral. Not a, not a citizen of Ethiopia, I don't think, but definitely a honorary. Yeah. They, they all problematic thing to say they they also described her as a lifelong anti-fascist but they did not use the term antifa so antifa how do people pronounce that these days antifa that's good um let's see adela was the third sister the one that you know the the weirdo and she no she wasn't i don't know her she adela was also in wasps or wisps, but was also a pacifist, and um, she didn't like that they were bombing and you know ruining artworks and stuff like that. So she decided to leave, and her mom was like, "Oh, check it out! I'll buy you this ticket to Australia if you never come back." <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think she was just nervous that she'd get mouthy about her mom's tactics and just like yeah. being against it, yeah. they said that uh she never saw her family again so it seems like she just sent her with this one-way ticket to australia which i call the uh the half measure rosemary kennedy (laughs) 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 yep that's that sounds about right it's pretty good (laughs) yeah and um sylvia like sylvia and emmeline Mm. after like because Sylvia was against the war. Yeah. And so, I've, like, their relationship got really fucked up, too, I feel like. Yeah, they weren't friends uh, or mom and daughter anymore. <laughs> yeah, they it seemed like Emmeline... That relationship. Emmeline was not cool with anybody dissenting from her exact political views. That's so interesting. That's so interesting that you bring that up, Zach, because... <laughs> Yeah, she did not like anyone not agreeing with her. But, like, the thing is with Sylvia is, like, she had good points and she supported Emmeline. (laughs) Damn it, now I can't say it the other way. Emmy. Emmy. She supported Emmy, but then she was like, yeah, but this is the only issue. She's a mess. Emmeline's a mess. She's a totalitarian Mm. dictatorship thing. Um, And she died before women got the vote, I think. Oh really? Should yeah, I? I think. I think. So. I think it was they got the vote, but they were only allowed to vote at a later age oh, than over men. 30, and over then, thirty. Yeah, and then thirty. like a week property qualifications. Right. That's yeah. right. And then a week before she died, a week after she died, they lowered that to the same age as men, which was twenty-one at the time. That's yeah. right. But I don't know if that was the same for meeting property qualifications or. Yeah, I don't know when they got rid of that, because that was part of, like, universal suffrage, too. Yeah. The the lowering of the age thing happened in 1958, I think, oh, which is pretty late. Yeah. yeah. Whoa, really? That's when I think she died, yeah. Maybe it was a little before that. Mm-hmm. I mean, no, like, no, no, that's when, uh, that's when, that's when uh, the no, Christabel died. 1928. 1928. Okay. Christabel dies in 1958. If you think about it, that's super recent. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it wasn't... Also... 
Christabel, Christabel was named, and I, I don't know if this is like the same title. I guess this is the same title they give to like Dame Judy Dench and all that. <laughs> but I didn't know, yeah, I didn't know the M. full. I didn't know the full thing was Dame Commander of the Most Excellent Order of the British Empire. Oh, hell yeah. oh. <laughs> that doesn't so fit, I would go on a, fit on a SAG card. <laughs> At least Dame Commander, though. Yeah. Keep the commander. Of Great British Empire. You don't hear that word a lot. No. Crit- yeah. British I think empire. they're trying to play down the whole empire thing. Uh, trying to play down point. colonizing. Yeah. yeah <laughs> as I'd, much as they can. As much as, yeah, they can. Um, but that's all I got on them. And then, like, uh, I think it was Sylvia went to America for a while. And it doesn't say if she, or Wikipedia.com doesn't really <laughs> go into, like, if she, if she met up with uh, Margaret Sanger, who was also over here doing the suffrage thing. Mm. I, but Margaret Sanger was like... <sighs> totally racist <laughs> yeah I mean, a lot a lot of them of course a lot of well men were too and yeah much worse yeah so. for and sure i noted that uh adalia the the half rosemary kennedy one um <laughs> she became a communist for a while but then she denounced it and later was sympathetic to italy and nazi germany yeah she was communist light yeah uh, <laughs> Fortunately, she was yeah. in Australia for the whole thing. Yeah, so. you can say you can side with anyone when you're not yeah. fucking in it. Guess what? Yeah. Look ten thousand miles to your right. Look ten thousand miles to your left. There's no one there. It's yeah. fucking Australia. Um, Miriam, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Just a random slam awesome. in Australia. Sorry. <laughs> Hello, everyone. I'm Giles. I'm Emily. And I'm Michelle. And we're the Beyond the Trope podcast. Every week, we delve into topics like pop culture, fiction writing, and other nerdy things. We feature laid-back conversations, bad puns, and in-depth interviews with authors, comic creators, and more. Find our show at beyondthetrope.com. Hey there. This is Brian reminding you that The Revisionist is supported by listeners just like you. You can make a pledge and get rewards like shirts and even the right to vote over at patreon.com slash the revisionists. Yeah, um, I mean, we already established that the Pankhursts were the predecessors to the punk movement. Um, <laughs> the Pankhursts, uh, so yeah. <laughs> um, in fact, her parents, uh, uh, Emma Lines, whose name is actually, uh, I'm just going to say Emma Lane. Emma Lane's parents. Emma um, I could do whatever I want in this part of the second podcast. Oh, got it, got it, got it. <laughs> um, You're being a real Emma Lane about it, but sure. <laughs> yeah, this is the Emma Lane Pankhurst yeah. portion of the show. Well, her parents were involved in what was called, and called the uh, Anti-Corn League, <laughs> <Yeah>. which... <laughs> History books will tell you was about the regulation of like corn prices by landowners or something, but actually it's anti-corn with a K because corn wasn't punk and they had to put an end to that shit. Corn wasn't punk yet. <laughs> yeah. Do you think um, that's where corn got their name? Wait, is the anti is the anti-corn league like real? Yeah. Okay. Yes. God damn it, really? <laughs> yeah. British. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> um, so she marries this uh, Pankhurst guy um, who she called in her free time P. 
Panky. Um, <laughs> in her free time. Panky? Wait, yeah, free time. <laughs> and they both got involved in the suffragist movement, and they were known to say uh, every morning, uh, they would wake up, and he would say, what do you want to do today, Lane? And she'd say, oh, gotcha. the same thing I want to do every day, Panky. Try to get women the vote. <laughs> Great. I legitimately did not see that one yeah. until it was too late. Panky. <laughs> and obviously their relationship was later adapted into a children's television show. Yep. Uh, the, the Muppet Babies. Oh, yeah. um, I knew it was going to be a twist. I didn't know it was going to be that. Um, so uh, they fought to get women the vote and they were fighting. They discovered uh, that the real problem with society was the patriarchy. And that's why... Francis Henry and Henry Francis were both killed because no boys allowed in this family. No boys. Um, but uh, no, the waste any time with the naming either. Yeah, why? Why bother? Why bother coming up with a new one if you know what's going to happen? Save money on the tombstone. They said. Um. So they discovered, in fact, that the patriarchy was not just something that existed in the hearts of uh, men. It was also uh, the dark hearts. It was also uh, an ancient incorporeal demon that could take the form of any dead man and whispered evil thoughts in their uh, in their ears at night. Sort of. You hesitated. I thought was he going to say butts. I thought this was the mythical part of the. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm picturing this kind of a first evil from Buffy the Vampire Slayer kind of deal, if you're familiar with that. Okay, yeah. Uh, and she, the the patriarchy also had uh, four uh, harbingers of its terrible wrath. Um, she called them her four chans. And <laughs> four chans? <laughs> They announced her uh, his terrible coming. I keep on saying her because the first evil was mostly played by Sarah Michelle Geller. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyways, uh. So uh, as time went on, they continued this fight against um the patriarchy, and her daughters were brought into the mix. Uh, they started, you know, an adoption home slash school at one point. Um. And I already used my Hogwarts slash X-Men Academy references on a previous episode, so I'm not going to touch that one. <laughs> Is that one of the Hogwarts competitor schools? Uh, yeah. Like the safety school? What are like the safety schools from the... Hogwarts? Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. The other... There's the French... Is there? Yeah. I feel I like there's like... Because it's the Goblet of Fire tournament. There's like a bunch Oh, of right. That's the first time that any... Those are from different places in Europe. In Britain, I think it's Hogwarts okay. or homeschooled. That's so wow, sassy. call the cops. <laughs> oh my god. So offended. Classic Ravenclaw. Classic. Uh-huh. He's a helpful puff. Get real. <laughs> Um, but, uh, obviously they made strides and they worked to get the suffragette movement, but the daughters, you know, eventually split over political differences and, uh, it seemed like, uh, they would never come to terms, but then their father died and they had to get back together, uh, one last time for the funeral. 
Uh, so they grabbed their matching, different colored traveling trunks with their initials on them, and they convened. Limited. <laughs> <laughs> and they convened at the Royal Grand Darjeeling Moonlight Hotel, <laughs> where these three estranged siblings, brought together by the death of their father. <laughs> had to reconcile their differences to a soundtrack of 60s and 70s alt-pop. That weren't uh, even in existence yet. I know, they had to write yeah. the songs. They wrote the Kinks songs, all yeah. of them. And everything was weirdly centered in the frame. Yeah. Right, the, it was marked by conversations where both parties stood still and directly face-to-face. Um, That's how all conversations a lot happen. Of s- <laughs> everything was written well, in Futura. <laughs> Right. Uh, they uh, there was a lot of straight faced absurdism in the in the writing. Um, uh, the the tech was weirdly outdated and retro, even the, uh, though it took place in the modern day at the time. Uh, obviously, Bill Murray was there. Was he Winston Churchill? <laughs> Yeah, Bill oh. Murray was as Winston Churchill, <laughs> who they interrupted his speech at one point. That really happened. They interrupted a Winston Churchill speech. With oh, Bill yeah. Murray uh, in there. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, and ultimately, uh, their story had, it was mostly a hilarious uh, kind of funny story, but uh, near the end, uh, their mother passed too, and it came to a bittersweet ending about the importance of family after years of estrangement. <laughs> And it's a Wes Anderson movie directed by Wes Anderson. <laughs> the Pink Cursed Files. <laughs> yeah, the Pink yeah. Cursed Files. Yeah. Uh, God, I would love to write that. Yeah, that's, the, I'm the Pink Cursed. I feel like it would be named after the place where it took place because almost all of his movies are. Yeah, so Manchester. Uh, Manchester. The Manchester uh, yeah. monologues. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I couldn't think of anything. <laughs> oh, yeah, the, the Manchester nunnery or something like yeah. that. Um, and uh, that uh, they eventually reconciled, but uh, it was not caught in the history books. And they continued to live their separate lives, respecting each other a little more. Wow. And that's the true history <laughs> of the Baker sisters. Would have developed that Wes Anderson bit more, but I'm trying to get a sublease. <laughs> <laughs> just brutal honesty there yeah. at the end <laughs> uh, so, <clears throat> I'm gonna cut that out um, so before we get to judgment uh, again if you have the time and the Stitcher app uh, please review the show there and on iTunes because that's mad helpful to us yo um <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, you're so young. <laughs> I know, right? I'm sitting, I'm sitting Brian, backwards in a chair. The baseball. This is the first episode. This is the first episode we recorded since Brian turned thirty, and now he's overcompensating. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can yeah. see that. Yeah. Anyone want to do some Molly? Uh, do kids still do Molly? No, and neither do you, Brian. Please stop. <laughs> <laughs> um. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, and talk to us there. You can uh, ask us a question or leave us a comment at revisionistpodcast.com as well. Uh, Miriam, you uh, co-host Comedy Super Jam, which is a really, really fun show. Do you want to talk about that real quick? 
Yeah, um, I host it with my friend Georgia. She's uh, Georgia Ray. She's also a comic in Denver. Um, we just became buds, and I was like, hey, let's run a show together. And then we do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we put a lot of work into the banner every month, not so yeah. much the comedy. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> Both are awesome. <laughs> and that's uh, when? Uh, every last Friday of the month at Mutiny Cafe. Mutiny Info Cafe. At 9.30 p.m. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, as for me, I'll be uh, guest hosting uh, Queen City Companion, also at Mutiny Information Cafe, um, March 1st at 8 p.m., uh, which is an all-fall storytelling show hosted typically by a friend of the show, Christy Bukley, um, who she has a really big gig that night. So yay for her also. <laughs> um and also, I'll, I'll be up in Fort Collins at the Colorado Room March 8th, so come check that out. Um, sorry, Zach, I'm going to edit this part out. Did you want to mention anything? Stage of Fools is still a ways away. Oh, I was just going to mention that the Colorado Room is the name of the haunted ballroom in The Shining. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I'm leaving that in now. Yeah. Um, uh, so, the time has come for, for judgment, and... Both stories very, very well told. Uh, I, I was leaning towards the alternate uh, mainly because the of the just the sheer the sheer amount of work that went into the puns. Um, uh, but then Darjeeling Limited came up, and that's honestly my least favorite Wes Anderson. Oh my movie. god, me too! I hate that movie. <laughs> hey, it was an amalgamation of all of his films. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, oh god, so I'm. Honestly, torn. I think, I think I am going to go with the alternate on the puns and the fact that we all admitted that that is not his best movie. So, <laughs> uh, but listeners, uh, if you pledge on Patreon, you have the right to vote, so you can do that now. So, tell me I'm wrong, everyone. Uh, You're wrong. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> <laughs> Miriam, I'm sorry. <laughs> thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me. Oh, one other thing. Yeah. Um, I always heard on other podcasts people like say friend of the show, just like you said. About yeah. Chris I, I picked it up mainly through osmosis. From yeah, them. no, I really like that. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, it's so, a more elegant way to say you've heard them before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Friend of the show. So now I'm officially a friend of the yes, show. Yes, exactly. Uh, um, here, here is your, here yeah. is your certificate. Uh, it says uh, no new cavities, uh, but I crossed it out to say friend of the show. That's fine. So next time you see me in person, I would like to be addressed as <laughs> friend such. Friend of the show. Friend of, of course, the show, Dame Commander, friend of the show. I mean, Dame my personal Commander, rule is the like first time you're an acquaintance of the show, and then <laughs> round two, you get upgraded to friend. <laughs> round three... Common law married. <laughs> you don't want to know what round show four runner, is. Showrunner, Miriam. <laughs> yes, showrunner. <laughs> Sponsor. Sponsor, yeah. yeah. You're Blue Apron now. I'm Blue Apron. You just show up here with food once a month. Um, Blue Apron, give us money. Um, Seriously. <laughs> also, that, it says a lot about me that my strata of relationship goes acquaintance, friend, common law, marriage. <laughs> yeah, you... You start slow, but then you move fast, basically. Zach, yeah. you slut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have a book for you to read. Yeah, it's, I have a book. Uh, it's called yeah. uh, My auto- the, the Great Scrouge. <laughs> <laughs> my, 
my my autobiography will be called Common Law Slut. <laughs> I like that. Yes. Uh, for everyone here at the Revisionist, I'm Brian Flynn. I'm Zach Powers, the Common Law Slut. <laughs> Can't say that enough. Yeah. Uh, have a good time. Yeah.